last week we started a brand new series called Times of Refreshing. Everybody say, Times of Refreshing. All right. And, uh, you know, this series is all about, uh, I told you, I laid the foundation for it last week, all about the Holy Ghost, all about fire, all about revival, all about a move of the, of the Spirit of God and His presence and all that. So uh, that's what we're talking about uh, all the way through, through Easter um, and just really um, tuning in and honing in on this. And um, really that's, you know, why the shirts got branded the way they did. You know, we could have just said the best was yet to come. But there is no best without the Holy Ghost. And, and we need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit to be involved in everything that we do or else we can't do anything, right? And so, um, so anyway, so it's very fitting uh, for, for us in this five years um, to celebrate together uh, this morning to preach in this series, really, because, um, you know, at Church of the City, uh, we're, we're about to enter a, uh, into a time when we're going to see the greatest outpouring we've ever experienced before. Come on, somebody say amen. And I believe that. Hallelujah. So Jude chapter 1, we're going to read verse, uh, verse 20 uh, through 25, okay? Uh, Jude 20 through 25, it says this, But you, dear friends, as you build yourselves up in the most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit... Keep yourselves in love of God, expecting the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. Have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. Have mercy on others, but with fear, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Verse 24. Now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling and make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless and with great joy to the one uh, to the excuse me, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, power, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, so if you're taking notes this morning, you should already know the title of this is real simple. It's the best is yet to come. Amen. Come on, the best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to pray over this word this morning. Praise God. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for speaking to us through your word, God. Ignite something in us today. Enlighten us, God. Give us revelation. Give us wisdom, Father. Lord, I thank you, Father, that we are leaving here uh, full of your word, full of your spirit. Hallelujah. Full, Father God, to overflowing. And we thank you, Father God, for all that you have done in five years. And we thank you that... That we're walking into our sixth year so full of excitement, so full of expectancy, of joy for what's to come. And we thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna preach this message to you, and, and it's gonna be related to our series, but it's gonna be different uh, in the sense of it's it's directly about our anniversary, okay? And what and what I believe that the Lord is is gonna do uh, do next in the next five years. Come on, in the next ten years, Amen, Hallelujah. Um, but you want to know what I believe uh, so strongly about this church, about Church of the City. You know, we've been through we've been through a lot, especially the past two years. But what I believe about Church of the City is that nothing can stop us. 
Come on, say it with me. Nothing can stop us. Amen? Nothing can stop us. And I believe a, a big reason, a big reason why hell couldn't stop us and the kingdom of God needs us is because we don't cave into the culture. We don't cave into certain things. Amen? Come on. We stand on the Word of God. We stand on His truth. Come on. We preach the Word of God, the uncompromised Word of God from the beginning to the end. We don't waver. We don't sway to the left or the right. Amen? And, you know, we, we are in the last days, and in the last days, uh, a church that, that, is, that is needed is a church that doesn't just fit in. A church that doesn't just fit into culture, fit into society. How about this? Fit into what other churches are doing. Amen? Come on now. But, but, we, but we are here to see a shift, to, to take a stand, and to see a change. Amen? Come on. Praise God. Because, listen, God is raising up a boldness. Amen. In the, in these days that there are there are people that are are being raised up to carry a specific kind of boldness that not everybody wants to carry. Come on now. And and and, and I'm, I'm, we're seeing this in various kind of ways. I was just talking to a friend of mine yesterday whose whose church they they average 600 people on Sunday. And it's a wonderful church, thriving church has been around a long time. But now all of a sudden they're starting to go through some things. And people are falling off left and right, left and right. And it's the bold ones who are taking a stand for the things of the Lord that they're seeing that they're rising up to the occasion. Come on. And I believe that that is what God is looking for in this hour. Come on. In this season that we're in is for some boldness. Everybody say boldness. Oh. Amen. Because we cannot operate without the boldness of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Without being bold in the Holy Spirit. It is so important for us today. But he said in the scripture here in Jude, he said, uh, when you pray, build yourself up in the most holy faith. All right. Not just faith, holy faith. Come on. That's a big difference right there, because a lot of people have faith, but not a lot of people want to have holy faith. Hello. Come on. The faith that will that will make you live holy. The faith that will make you live righteous. Come on now. And, and it's a different kind of faith. It's a, it's a different faith, but it's a holy faith. And, and listen, that means we must, we must pray in the Holy Ghost more. Right? It tells us, pray in the Spirit. we got to start praying in the Spirit more and more and more. So he says, when you pray, build yourself up in the most holy faith. Right? It's a holy kind of faith. That means we got to pray in the Holy Ghost more. Uh, we got to be more consistent when we do it, and we got to do it earnestly, right? And, and I believe that that affects and enlarges us in a greater capacity when we live holy, have a holy kind of faith, and operate in the things of the Spirit. Okay, that's three part right there. Okay, you got to catch it. All right, that that we live a, a holy faith. That we operate, okay, in the things of the Spirit, okay, and that we pray more in the Spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. So, so holy, holy, just the, the simple definition and term of holy means pure, blameless, and consecrated. Pure, blameless, and consecrated. He says you need to have a holy faith. That means you need to have a pure faith. Your faith better be pure. All right. He says you need to have a blameless faith, a blameless kind of faith. And he says you need to have a consecrated faith. OK, consecrated faith unto the Lord. Amen. So when we operate in the spirit uh, and are led by the spirit and we pray in the spirit, it changes us. 
Amen? It changes us. You see, we did church how we wanted to do it for several years. Well, the enemy came in like a flood, and we got smacked up a little bit. But now we're doing church as the Holy Spirit wants us to do it. Come on now. And there's a change, and there's a difference. It looks different. It feels different. That's why we can come in here and worship and lift up one voice and one sound and not even have a band lead us. Why? Because we're so in tune with the Holy Spirit, but we're in unity with Him, and we're in unity with one another. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And and that's how the Holy Spirit wants it, right? It doesn't look the same. It doesn't sound the same. uh, It doesn't even really feel the same. But I can tell you one thing this morning. On a spiritual level, we've been elevated. Come on now. We have been elevated. Hallelujah. And, And because of that, we've been promoted. I really believe that. I believe that this last season has promoted us, has taken us to that next level, spiritually speaking, okay? Um, and, and we are, we are so, uh, we're so much deeper, if you will, than we ever were before, right? Because we've been promoted, we've been elevated. And, and hear me loud and clear, we're going places, church. Amen? We're going places. And I believe that for us, okay? I believe that the best is yet to come. I believe that God has taken us to some places, that God is opening up some doors. Hallelujah, come on. That five years couldn't open up, but now we're walking into our sixth year, and it's going to open up. Hallelujah, come on. Do you believe that with me this morning? So, So this is why now when we say the best is yet to come, it's not meaning more people. When we say the best is yet to come, that doesn't mean more people, bigger buildings, more opportunities, more this and more that. That's not what the best is all about, okay? The best means it's more of Him. (laughs) When we say the best is yet to come, we're saying more of you, God, is yet to come. God, more of your spirit is yet to come. God, more miracles are yet to come. Come on, somebody. Come on, more healing, more marriages being restored are yet to come. More lost souls trickling in are yet to come. More addicts being set free are yet to come. Hallelujah. That's what the best is all about. You see, I've been in in ministry really my whole life. I've never known anything else other than ministry. I haven't. And, and we've seen a lot, done a lot, okay? And been around this thing called church and been around this thing called ministry for a really long time. And I've seen just about everything that you can see, all right? And I'm at the point now... And thank God it's while I'm in my 30s and not my 40s, 50s, or 60s, okay? But I'm at this point now that I could care less about impressing people. I could care less. I ain't trying to impress you. I don't need to impress you, okay? But the Holy Spirit is going to press upon you. Come on, somebody. Amen? I'm not worried and concerned about impressing people. Hallelujah. But I'm more interested in empowering people. Come on now. Equipping people. Come on. Seeing people changed and transformed. That's what this thing is all about. Hallelujah. I've seen it done other ways. I've seen it done. This kind of strategy and that kind of strategy. What can we do? To bring in more people. And that's what it's all about. And listen, that's not what this thing is about. That's not what this church is about. Come on, somebody. 
But we will see a move of God, let me tell you. And we will experience the power of the Holy Spirit. So listen, church, years one through five were full of ups and downs. We had success in many areas, but I'm going to say this. Now we've got work to do. Years one through five, we did some things and had some successes and some really awesome things that we can celebrate. Come on, having hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people at Easter events and just all different kinds of things that we experience and all of the good stuff, all right? But now it's time to get to work. Now it's time to get to work. I'm not saying we're going to go out and start doing all these things and do this and do that. No, no, I'm saying in the spirit, we got some work to do. Amen? Because God is elevating us and He's promoting us. He's taking us to the next level. Hallelujah. All right, so if you're taking notes this morning, which I hope you are, there's three things that we must do to achieve the best, okay? When we say the best is yet to come, these three things are what we need, what we're desiring, and what we're looking for when we're trying to achieve the best, all right? So if you put it on the screen there, the first one is this. When we are trying to achieve the best, the thing that we must do, the first one is we must build, all right? We have to build, okay? Build. Now, let me read to you verse 20 again. Jude, verse 20, says, But you, dear friends, as you build yourselves up in the most holy faith. Build yourselves up in the most holy faith. Jesus said, when you pray, you build yourself up. Okay, so if, if, if we're looking to be built up as a body, and if you're looking to be built up and taken to the next level, then you better start praying more. Come on now. You better really start praying more. And I'm not talking about, oh, God, can you please do this for me? Can you please do that? Can you, God, can you please help me? No, no. I'm talking about building yourself up. Okay, you're going into some deep prayer. Come on. In the name of Jesus, I decree and I, de- you know, and you're just going after it. Right. Because you have to build yourself up. Right. And if you look at the words build up in the Greek, it means this to build and construct. Okay. So it says build yourselves up. That means construct. Okay. That literally means that you're actually putting pieces together like building a building. You're laying brick after brick after brick. And it's getting built up higher and higher. And listen, it's also getting built up stronger and stronger. Oh, a balloon popped. Hallelujah. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. All right. Praise the Lord. (laughs) All right. This literally means, this literally means that you're doing construction. When you build yourself up, you're doing construction. Hallelujah. Amen. And let me tell you what happens. When you start building yourself up privately and constructing yourself, when you come together and we join together corporately because of everything that you've been building, come on, in private, all of a sudden we start seeing something beautiful built in public. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden we start bringing in the things that we have built up. Come on. And we've got mighty fortresses. Come on. And we come on in together and now we're building something beautiful corporately that we couldn't do by ourselves but because we all got together in unity we were able to build come on now hallelujah and and we're at the point of time when we need the revelation of God by the spirit and in the spirit on what to build and what to tear down we're in a crucial a crucial time 
in the world today and in the church, but also we're in a crucial time when it comes to church of the city that we have got to be able to discern and know and learn what, it, what we've got to build up and what we've got to tear down. Come on, because how many of you know the only way you can build something is if you tear it down first? Come on now. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, like think about Legos or think about building blocks or think about Lincoln Logs. Come on, how many of you remember Lincoln Logs? Kids don't play with those these days. Lincoln Logs. All right. If, 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 if my son said, Dad, I want, uh, let's build this now. I said, okay, we can build it. But guess what? We got to tear that one down. All right. And so there are things that have to be torn down before you can rebuild. Amen. But here's the thing about that. This, this came uh, uh, by a word to, uh, to me and Melissa uh, several years ago. You don't, build with the, you don't build with the same thing you tore down. You build with new stuff. New ideas. New strategies from heaven. Come on. New things. All new. Amen. Come on. All new. We don't try to use broken pieces and build it back up and hope that it can stand again. Come on. God will provide the right pieces. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So, so since we've got things to do and we're heading towards the best, we have got to seek God by prayer and build the future. Okay? The future will only be built by our prayer. That's why pre-service prayer is so important. That's why praying in your own personal time throughout the week. Amen? That's why getting together with intercessors, other intercessors and praying. That's why all of those things are so important. That's why we pray so many times during a service. Why? Because we're building up. We're building up for what's to come and we're building up our future. Amen? Uh, and this is why we, we stress praying in the Holy Spirit so much. Because when you pray in the Spirit, you're building your future and you're also building your victory. When you pray in the Spirit, you're building that victory up. Come on. And that victory starts to brew, and it starts to get stronger and stronger. And all of a sudden, you start walking in a victory power that you weren't walking in before. Amen? So, if we're trying to achieve and we're going to achieve the best, there are three things that we got to do. The first one is build. But the second one is this. If we're building to, to, to get to the best, the second one is this, is we got to keep. Keep. Now, this is all out of Jude. First he says to build, then he says to keep. So let's look at verse 21 again. He says, keep yourselves in the love of God. So build yourself up. And then he says, now keep yourself in love. Now that's big right there. And this is, this is such a crucial part because we can pray in the Holy Ghost. We can do this. We can do that. And we can try to build, 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 and build. But if we don't have love, we ain't going to make it very far. He says, keep yourself in love. And that is a crucial part when it comes to growth, when it comes to our unity. And for all that's to come later down the road, we must keep ourselves in love. Amen? Come on, look at somebody and say, stay in love. You got to stay in love. You see, a lot of Christians can show up to church and a lot, of, a lot of Christians can lift up their hands. But there aren't many that know how to love. They can do this. They can do that. But they don't know how to love. And let me say it this way. If we can't learn to love one another and extend love to all who walk in through our doors, 
then we will miss out on everything God wants to do at this church. Love has to be the center of everything that we do. Why? Because love is at the center of who Jesus is. Everything Jesus did when he walked upon this earth, he did it out of love. He didn't have to, he didn't have to heal anybody. He didn't have to do nothing. But he did it because his heart, the Bible says his heart was moved towards compassion. In other words, his heart was being moved in love. Okay, there was love that was in him for everyone. And, and hear me for a moment. Love must be the forefront of everything we do. Because listen, without love, we can never represent Jesus to the fullest. Without love, we can never represent Jesus to the fullest. And so we have got to be people of love. We've got to be a church of love. We have got to carry love. We have got to let love be the forefront of everything that we do. Why? So that way we can represent Jesus well upon this earth. When a lost soul comes in and we don't love them, something's wrong with us, not them. When a hurting person comes in, when a, when a, when a married couple that are on the brink of divorce comes in and we can't extend love, then guess what? Disaster is bound to happen. God looks at us and he says, are you, going to, are you going to show love? Are you going to extend love to these ones? And our, our answer every time must be, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. So here's the bottom line. There are too many lost souls. There are too many hurting souls. There are too many broken souls. There are too many messed up souls, come on, out there that need our love. They need the love of church of the city being poured out from the Father through us to them. Amen? And so if we turn our cheek or if we ignore or if we do this or we do that, we are not showing the love that the Father is pouring out through us to them. And guess what? We will miss the opportunity. We can't, we don't have time to miss opportunities, church. Come on now. Hallelujah. But watch this. If we're not present or willing to give it, they'll slip through the cracks. I don't want, I don't want to ever, ever get to heaven or have an encounter with the Lord and the Lord speaks to me and says, you let that one slip through your hands. Think about that. Let that hit you and sink in deep for a second. We, we can't do that. We have, got to, we have got to say, you know, Lord, whatever it takes for me to love them, God, help me through it. Help me to love them. God, put that love in me for them. <laughs> right? Because how many of you know, it's not easy to love everybody. <laughs> there are some people that you can say, hi, I don't know about that. Okay? That's hard. That's difficult, Right? But the love isn't from you. It's from God. So if you don't have love for somebody, it's because you're not accepting the love that God is putting inside of you for them. Because that love flows through you, amen, by the grace and the power of God. So I want to challenge you as we celebrate five years and move forward into the next level, into the next season that God has for this church, is to grow in love and take your love to the next level. You know, you could hear that at any church today. 
Sure. But for us, it means something different today. For us, this is a challenge that as we conclude five years and celebrate five years and close the chapter of chapter five and move into chapter six now, that we will say, Lord, I am going to love people like I've never loved people before. God, I'm going to extend love to people like I've never extended love to them before. God, I'm going to show love and love is going to just radiate out of me like it's never done before. I'm going to I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to operate in love and everything that I do is going to be centered around the love of God. Why? Because it's for the people. It's for the people. It is not for you. It is for the people. Amen. And we don't do this thing. Melissa and I don't do this thing for for us. We don't do this thing for for accolades or popularity or whatever you want to call it. We do this thing because we love people. And we always have and we always will. People that stab us in the back, we still love them. And we show that. And we hope that you see that from us. And that same love that we operate in, we have got to operate in corporately as a body of believers. Because it's important for where we're going. And it's important for what God wants to do next. Amen. So there shouldn't be any strife. There shouldn't be any jealousy. There shouldn't be any ought against anybody. Especially people that are sitting in this room today. If there's any strife with another person, any jealousy with another, any ought against another one, whatever it may be, so forth. Listen, you better get your heart right today. Because this is a new chapter today. Amen. And whatever you've got to fix, you better fix it today. Because I hate to break it to you, the people that are sitting next to you and across from you or whatever it may be, they're here for the long run just like you. So if you don't like them, get over it, get your heart right, and get in unity with them again. Come on. If somebody has offended you, you go to them and say, listen, I was offended by what you said. And Pastor Austin said, we need to make it right today. And so we're making it right right now. And we're going to walk in so much love together again. That's what we got to do as a church. Or else when they come in, we won't be able to give them what they need. Why? Because I don't like sister so-and-so sitting on the other side of the sanctuary. Okay, so, okay, then, then when, when Sister Betty Lou, who was full of all kinds of problems, walks in the door, and you judge her because your heart ain't right, because your heart ain't right with Sister across the aisle, then listen, something is wrong. So we've got to get it all fixed today. Come on. We've got to say, Lord, <laughs> I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it today. I'm going to make it right today. I'm going to operate in love. I'm going to be in unity with one another when it comes to this area because the, the harvest that is coming and the direction that we're going and whatever is next for this church, I want to be a part of it. I want to be there. I want to be used by you, Father God. So fix me today, God. And then I'll go make it right with them. Come on. Somebody say Amen. Somebody say, I receive it, Pastor. Well, actually, don't receive it from me. Say, I receive it, Lord. All right. So the first thing, all right, we're achieving the best. The first thing is to build. The second thing is to keep. And the third thing is this. Expect and extend. Expect and extend. He says, build yourself up in the most holy faith says, keep yourself in love. And then look at what verse uh, 20, 
22. Well, no, let's start in verse 21. Keep yourself in the love of God, expecting, there it is, to expect the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. Have mercy on those who doubt, save others by snatching from the fire. Have mercy on those, come on, without hate, hating even the garment defiled. But so listen, so he says, he says, build yourself up, love, stay in love, and then expect and extend mercy. Whoa. Now the love part was hard enough for some of us. But now to expect and extend mercy, that takes it at a whole nother level. And here's the most important part of this whole thing. I've been saying this for years. Expectation is the breeding ground for the miraculous. Expectation is the breeding ground for the miraculous. The scripture says that not only do we have to extend mercy, or excuse me, expect mercy, but we have to extend mercy. We expect mercy, but we also extend mercy. Now, mercy in this particular context of Scripture in the Greek is the word elio, E-L-E-E-O. E-L-E-E-O, which means this. Listen to this definition. I'll say it a few times, but just listen the first time. To feel sympathy with the misery of another and act on it. That's what mercy means here. To feel sympathy with the misery of another and act on it. Wow, church. That's huge. The same way that you expect mercy is the same way that you should extend mercy. So listen here. The Bible is saying that when we expect mercy and extend mercy, in other words, when we feel the pain of others, we act on it and we help them. When we do that, we then play a role to help save them from hell. When we say, God, I am going to not just love that person, but I am going to extend your mercy upon them. I'm going to extend mercy. And the scripture says, it's right there in the word. It says this, you save others by snatching them from the fire. When you can extend that mercy, there is a grace there that the Lord operates through you that allows you to have the ability by feeling their pain, getting in depth with them, and you pull them out of the fire. I don't know, church, but what I feel for these next upcoming years is that God is putting us in a position to receive souls. We are going to be in the business of snatching people out of the fire. That's what this whole thing should be about anyways. <laughs> Not about any of the other stuff. But God, give, 
Give me so much mercy that I can extend to them that I feel their pain. I feel their misery. I see them in their struggle. I see them in their hurt. And God, you will use me to pull them out of whatever mess they're in. My God. Do we want revival fire? Yes. Do we want miracles, signs, and wonders? Yes. Do we want to see the supernatural break loose and demonstrations of the Spirit? Yes. But if we're not willing to extend mercy and receive a soul that is hurting and lost and broken, don't you dare expect for God to pour out His supernatural Spirit upon us. The love and the mercy for souls has got to come first. And maybe that's the direction and the shift that God is, is, is doing right now in Church of the City. We know we're not about all the hoopla and all of the fancy this and the nice this and the nice that. But we do know for a fact that we're about the kingdom of God. And we're about the Father's business. And we're about, we're about what, what God wants to do. God, what you, what you want to do in your kingdom, God, we will be a part of it. Because we are citizens of the kingdom of God. And he needs, he needs his warriors. He needs his people. Come on. He, he, needs, he needs all of us to start stepping up in this area of mercy. So watch this. Mercy is at the core of who Jesus is. So therefore, we must have the expectation and must extend mercy to all, those, to all who enter in. Why? Because Jesus is mercy. So hear me loud and clear. You can't have Jesus and not have mercy. Don't come in here lifting your hands and saying that you're a sanctified, glorified Fill with the Holy Ghost, little saint, and not extend mercy to a soul. It's time to step up in that area. It's time that we start seeing us operate in mercy again. What does the Bible say? Mercy triumphs over judgment. Some would say mercy is greater than everything else. So I say all this to say that we must be a place where the power of God's significant, significant mercy can be found and experienced. I remember when I was in middle school and when I was in high school and drug addicts would stumble in off the street high as a kite or a drunk, or whatever, and they come falling down and stumbling down the altar, and the power of God would just hit them right where they were, and they'd get set free and changed, and you start seeing God move and operate in their life. Let me tell you something, folks. Those days aren't over. 
And the only reason why we don't see that happening in churches as much today is because there is a lack of mercy. There's a lack of mercy. We're not willing to extend mercy. Although we expect all the mercy we can get. So, if we want to experience the best, if we want to operate in the best, if we want to be in the best, we must build, build, and build. But we must be full of God's love. But not just full of His love for us, full of His love so that we can give the love. And lastly, we must expect and extend the mercy of heaven.